Hey fam, thank you so much for tuning in again. I'm so excited that we are still climbing the ranks. Uh, We are now in the top 50 on Apple Podcasts. Um, I know it fluctuates every day, but we definitely hit um, our high recently in terms of uh, our ranking and just how how much love we've been getting from all of you so I want to just say thank you from the bottom of my heart it means so much to see skincare anarchy taking off and to see such an interest um developing in the kind of material that we're putting out there so thank you to everyone who listens in for anyone who recommends us it means so much and if you guys have anyone that you'd like to see on our show please feel free to email us our main email address is namaste at skincare anarchypodcast.com we are open to all suggestions um but also i wanted to announce that you know i've personally been going through a lot of things lately as well and you know things have been a little rocky for me so this episode right here is um very much a slogan of my life right now so you know it's really nice to know that i have a home here where i can come in talk to you guys and publish these episodes and it just I don't know, it just lightens up my day. So I just want to say thank you. And I hope you guys have been loving the content. I hope you've been learning from the content. That's always our main goal is to provide real information, facts only, um, you know, and stories straight from the founders of these amazing brands. So stay tuned um, and enjoy the show. This is a really, really cool episode. And also, if you guys are open to it, we are now looking for... Uh, sponsors who would like to support skincare anarchy and help us grow we are fully self-funded uh business and we do not um have any kind of financing or any kind of um you know kind of contributions in that way so we fully rely on our sponsors and our listeners um who want to sponsor us so if you're interested in that please shoot me an email directly my email is ecta at skincarearchypodcast.com and yeah thank you guys so much Enjoy your uh, day, and I will be back with a lot more episodes. We should be publishing a lot more very, very soon. So stay tuned. Thanks, guys. Anarchy. I am super excited to not only announce that we have an awesome guest today, but today is a very special episode because we um, just updated our new beauty column. So for everyone listening, when you get a chance, check out the link in our bio and go check out our new beauty column and, um, you know, just our insights. But without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to our guest who is um, who is the founder of a wonderful line. And especially um, with makeup the way it is, I really, really love her her product. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to Nita Setterholm, who is the founder of When Life Gives You Lemon, Lemons Beauty. Welcome to the show, Nita. Thank you. Thanks a million. <laughs> Yes. No, I'm, I'm so excited because I know this interview has been long time, you know, in the making and I'm such a fan of your products and your, and your brand. And I just want to get started by giving everyone like a background on you and like, you know, uh, your journey in the beauty industry on a personal level, both professional mm-hmm. and personal. So if you can get us started, um, where it all began for you. Yeah. So, um, and I'm sorry for the church bells. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I, my, my background is really, I've been in the creative agency, like, line of work my entire life. 
Um, and that really led me to understand that the, the beauty brands really don't know who they are selling to, um, which, which really made me think about what could be a way to build a technology that would be able to mathematically calculate which products work together. So not based on, oh, Nita thinks this is a great foundation, but really look at the interaction data in between products and then calculate what has the highest probability of working for you. So I started a research technology company called Cocoon in 2017. And over the course of, we launched then um, the technology in 2018 and, and we have 40,000 women on that platform. Um, and wow, cool. Yeah, and, and it's, it's zero party data. So it's all submitted voluntarily by these people. And I, I'm super fascinated by which products work together. Why do they work? Why do people prefer what they prefer? Even if something has a exactly the same function, it still goes back to what do you like? And how does it interact with the other products that you're using? So right. that's like, I, I, I come into the beauty industry from, from the data side. Um, I just want to pause here. Nita, is there any way we can eliminate the sound in the background? Let, like me, the- let me see. I can close the window, but I think it's still going to have um, one second. Let me see if it- it's just it's just interfering with your audio. Yeah. I think it will take a minute or two more because always at noon they do this. Okay. Okay. No word. No, that's actually a lot better. So okay. yeah. Okay, now go ahead. Um, so we'll start right where you left off. You were saying something about the data aspect of it. Yeah, so for me, I, I, for me, data is fascinating because as much as there needs to be creativity and aspiration, I think there are bigger patterns of which things work and which things are be, being preferred. And I'm really a big advocate of building products that are needed into the industry and not building product just because of you need a new launch. Yeah. Yeah, that's the biggest. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest problems that I think the industry is facing from the yes. end of like consumers and people really getting on board with yes. every launch and every new product that comes out. Because I'm not gonna lie, you know, how many times can you really buy the same type of thing, you know, just from different brands? Yes. And even if you're a supporter of a brand, like redundancy, you know, <laughs> there's no there's no cure for redundancy. You know what I mean? Like in in terms of there's no like. There's no uh, excuse I can make to say, well, I have this reason for purchasing the same thing from 15 different places. So we need to come up with innovations. I hear you. Yeah. And I I think the the thing is that so many brands don't like the launches fail. So if we think about sustainability, it's not about whether the packaging is made out of sugarcane. For me, it's about producing products that have actually desire and a need instead of producing things that are left unsold and then are being dumped exactly. into, into landfill. So that, that's for me the big, big thing. And, and that's why if you look at our assortment, it's not that big because yeah. we, we don't want to over flood it with things that we, we don't think that has the, the need yet there. Yeah. And, you know, I really like that, that your, you know, your brand is not this, complex brand to navigate you know in terms of when you go to the website you know exactly what you're you know looking at you know Mm -hmm. what what does the brand stand for and I like that and you know for me the most interesting and um I guess confusing area at the same time was um 
how did you come to the realization you wanted to go in this beauty direction rather than just skincare? Because I know that you're, you know, obviously the skincare is incorporated into the products, but they're, you know, complexion products, right? So I would love for you to talk about that and how you made them. Yeah. So it's, again, it started from the data and we understood from that data set that, that the biggest issue was where skincare ended and makeup began. Um, so people were overstripping their barrier and then they, they were putting on harsh products that really didn't do anything for their makeup or for their skincare routine. So I thought there has to be a way to bridge, bridge those two worlds. Um, and it's actually, it's quite interesting because even the manufacturing and, and, and how everything is marketed and how pe- things are sold, there are mm. these two worlds. Like you walk into Sephora, there is a skincare aisle and then there is the makeup aisle. But the person with problematic skin has to navigate those both because foundation, for example, I mean, anyone who's had problematic skin knows that it's um, when you find something that works for you and doesn't irritate your skin, you stick to it. Well, that it's very it's the most difficult makeup product to utilize when you have things like acne or any kind of texture problem. Yes. And that's why. I have such an admiration for brands who are coming out with, um, you know, actual color products for complexion, because I remember being a teenager and I had cystic acne, you know, Mm -hmm. I had like that period of real bad breakouts. And I remember one of my biggest things was, I think it was like homecoming or something like it was a dance coming up. And I remember just being so mad because I could never find a foundation that would sit on my skin and not look worse on top of. And this is back in the 90s, you know what I mean? In the in the early 2000s. So even then, like, we were dealing with this. And I feel like the problem has not really been addressed by the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, we come out with a lot of great products. We have all these amazing foundations and, you know, color ranges. But that's what I think makes made you really stand out to me. Because when I tried the products and I realized how beautifully the foundation sits on textured skin, I was like, this should have been around <laughs> when I was like you know, 14, 15 years old. Because it would have made my life a lot easier, you know? It's just... We don't have products like that. Exactly. And, and I think that when we talk about inclusion, I, I love that there is like positivity around body size and, and, and skin tone. But I think the audience with problematic skin is still not heard because mm-hmm. it feels like, oh, it's a medical condition. Go to the dermatologist. You walk to the dermatologist, they say, don't use makeup. I mean, but what kind of reality is that? So. Yeah. Well, also, yeah, and I and I think that's a, that's a really really strong point. And for me, when I see the you know like hundreds of TikTok videos from people who have acne, you know, problems, and they that's their main skin health concern, especially like we said in our adolescent years. Um, you know, a lot of times what I'm seeing is, you know, I think consumers realize that now with all of the skincare products and the movement, that they know that skin is what we should invest in because if yes. you have and your makeup's going to look great. You know, everything you do is going to look really great. But the problem still arises where you said, why do we have to pick either or, you know, mm-hmm. it should like, you should know that what you're doing for your skin is healthy and it's good. And it's going to keep on building your routine rather than working against it. And I think that's where that makeup and skincare transition is. So it's very, very difficult, right? I mean, from a technological yeah. standpoint, I'm sitting here trying to think, you know, I'm sure a lot more goes into formulating foundation with skincare aspects than just foundation yeah definitely and and we see it also in some of our feedback is people say oh it's very dry 
and then we go back to the customer and we try to decipher what they're using before and after and we often see that their skin barrier is broken they have a lack of moisture so obviously the squalene in the foundation gets sucks into the desert skin um, and we are like okay if you do these couple of steps and then try the product let me know if it works and nine out of ten times it works yeah yeah no I, I think that's that's valid and you know one thing I want to ask you is like in terms of like when you were analyzing all the data right that you had mm-hmm. around health what were some of the things like did people talk about like wanting a primer or like what did they no. tell you what they wanted in a makeup routine or did you have to like kind of figure that out I mean how did that work the process of figuring yeah. out what, what products to make you know it's it's a great question so I I believe that you get what you ask so that's why all of the data was not submitted as in oh tell me what you'd like because that in- immediately sort of taints what you get out of the data so we looked at what products people were using and ho- what reactions they had to their routines that's that's sort of the the data set that we had and we could break it down to ingredient level ethnicity age group um sort of severity of of acne and we noticed that a lot of people were using salicylic acid but the people who were using niacinamide had better results so it's sort of counterintuitive to look at what has the largest volume when when it's not necessarily the best thing for you so I, if I would have personally, as a founder, beauty founder, formulated it, I would have formulated it with salicylic acid. But I've been using, obviously, our foundation for since I had the first lab batches. So, so um, over a year, my skin has never been better. Yeah, no, I mean, you can definitely feel that, right, Nita? Like, I, I, like when I first started the foundation, I'm not a big makeup person. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. Like, I love makeup. I love playing with makeup. And I mean, I think you can tell by the brands I I invite onto the skincare anarchy. I'm very yeah. much about natural makeup, you know. And so, yeah. um, this idea of like combining skincare with uh, foundation and these formulas, why for me it's so intriguing? Because you're using things like microalgae, you're using things like yeah. hyaluronic acid, and to be able to create something that's, you know, like a color complexion product. Like, what is the what is that process? Like, how much of like, do you have any like changes in how much of uh, the active skincare ingredients you can use when you're making like, you know, yeah. makeup versus just yeah, skincare? obviously, yeah. So f- specifically, formulating for for um, foundation was challenging because when you formulate a foundation for problematic skin, when we have things like it needs to stay put, it cannot be comedogenic. Uh, w- so every foundation, even though brands say. Um, that it doesn't oxidize of course it oxidizes because it comes in contact with air um, and it has to change its properties because it's not in the bottle anymore but how does it change how do the pigments sit on different undertones and that's why our foundation for example it has quite high concentration of pigments so it feels it, it, it feels like a little goes a long way and if you use it like a traditional foundation you like one entire pump is a lot I don't know if you had that that uh, I did yeah. and it's so pigmented that I love that yeah like I yeah. love how 
it's a little goes a very long way. And I think that is so critical. I'm glad you actually brought that up because I realized um, after playing around, you know what I mean? Like, because every time I test a product, I like to test it with things I'm really like, I normally use to see how much I like. Right. So I tested your foundation against like some of my favorites, like all time, like staples, like Pat McGrath's foundation. I use it. Like I go to it. Right. And I, and I test few of the ones I really really love and that was one of the things I noticed was that compared to just normal makeup artistry foundations and you know just stuff that you think is like you know on that end it's very pigmented but it's giving you like very similar results in the sense of you really get that control over how you distribute your you know the where you need it so that ability to spot correct and the you know the concealer aspect and all that it all gets melded into this one beautiful product you know what I mean so I, I really, <laughs> yeah I really really like, no seriously because you know when for people who are busy we don't have time to do the concealer and then the foundation and then the powder and you know it, you need things to work like for me under eye dark circles are huge right yep. so all your foundation I'll spot it right under my eyes and it's really nice because it doesn't cake up so yep. that's you know what I mean like those little things go a long way is what I'm trying to say like those little things in the formulation so I, I really admire that, that you've been able Thank to. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was it, it was definitely a challenge to to like make something that's aesthetically pleasing, doesn't doesn't leave your skin looking like you have makeup. It's, there's actually a really funny thing with some of our customers and potential customers that we've got some critique that of why do you use models that that don't have acne? Um, that they have perfect skin and we were like well actually these are not retouched they just have our foundation on and yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny because the foundation sits so no- normally on your skin that it doesn't look like they are wearing makeup so we often have to go back and correct them of, of what the situation is yeah these are women with acne but they have a they have a layer of our foundation on yeah. And, you know, I want to I, I completely agree with that because I've seen the results It's a very flawless application. And it's very, mm-hmm. very like it's almost like creamy. Like that's how I describe yeah. it. Really bad. Yeah. By the way, please excuse my, you know, my word, because I'm very bad with like cream, liquid, all that. But it is it's a creamy consistency yeah. and it goes really, really smoothly. And it doesn't one of the things I love, it doesn't sink into your pores. So mm-hmm. that's what I love about the foundation. It doesn't like you know, sink into those crevices and those pores that a lot of times we have with like textured skin. And so yeah. it sits, but I want to actually shift focus, Nita, because, you know, your site for the brand is very unique as well in the sense that you have real data on the website. Yeah. And I don't see that a lot, you know? So it's really cool for me that I can go onto the site and see like graphs representing the real, you know, things that you've noticed. And one of the things that stands out for everyone listening is, the brand, you know, the brand is really much, very much about, it's not about race, like what race you are in shade mm-hmm. It's more about your undertones. And I really, yes, because I was having a conversation um, the other day about how, you know, um, people that are of color, like, you know, Indian people, for example, we come in all sorts of undertones, you know, you exactly. Have- <laughs> my brother has more of a cool undertone and that's direct family. And you see the same yeah. thing happening american um you know consumer populations and any i feel like any populations that are like of color so i think this is a huge point and i think this is a really standout point about your brand is you're making that crystal clear and making people understand that it's not about finding the exact brown shade that you are it's about finding the undertone so i want you to elaborate on that for us if you could 
about that process? Yeah. So yeah. So when we started off building the technology, the shade range and the like the the matching technology, we understood again in the research that people actually the industry skews towards saying this is your exact match, but exact match is the industry's perception of what you should be wearing. But then there are people who like a lighter exact match and people who like a darker exact match. So for example, anecdotally, I always gravitate towards a darker exact match than, than I probably, when I walk into a beauty store, they match me with something that's lighter and I never prefer it. And we also noticed that, that um, black and brown women prefer lighter tones, which obviously are matches for them. But it, it's a, there's a lot of cultural bias in picking shades. And that's why when we built the shade range, we really wanted to understand. So we went through U.S. Census Bureau data as well on, on different kind of projections on biracial community and how that will unfold in the next, let's say, 10 years. Um, and what you're tapping onto is, is our shade range is not race specific, but we, we had one um, shoot where, for example, African-American black woman was wearing um, 180, which is a light shade, but that was her exact match. That was the one that she was comfortable with. Yeah. So. And about undertones, like you said, I completely yeah. understand, you know, as crazy as it sounds, so it's like sometimes I'll... I'll be looking at my, um, you know, favorite foundations. And the only thing they have in common is the undertone is neutral. Mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. a neutral tone. So I can make a lot of shades that are lighter or darker than my actual, you know, the brown, like what you see overall, you can still yeah. make it because you can layer on bronzer and you can do things and you can manipulate it. So it's not yes. about, and this is a huge point that you bring up actually for the, you know, uh, women of color community and the population that we don't need that exact brown shade. We need a shade that is going to go with the look we're looking for that day. So if we're doing a full out, you know, like a glam look for nighttime, you can mm-hmm. go with one shade lighter foundation and just make it perfect because you can add yeah. on more, right? You have a little bit yeah. more flexibility. But if you don't want that, you can also go with the darker. So I hear you. I've had that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm actually, you know, for me, that's, I think the most important part is just making sure everyone is included. And I think that's, yeah. that's how you guys really stand out to me. But, um, you know, in terms of the, you know, moving forward, Nita, like, what is your goal for the brand? Like, I know your foundation range is phenomenal and <laughs> we love it. So what about like, what's next? Are you coming out with like concealers and blushes or anything? Uh, yeah, we have two launches coming up in the I think within three months uh, that we worked really hard on as well, because like I said, I don't want to put anything out there that doesn't really have a need. Um, But at the same time, so that's on the product level, but for me, lemons is a movement and we did, um, I, I, I don't know if you knew, but, but end of January, we, we, we took a couple of mannequins that we painted to have acne and we took them, we plastered parts of New York with uh, like realistic acne images and, and we took these mannequins to Union Square and protested against showing, showing unrealistic skin in, in, in the beauty industry because there is a larger audience in the US of women who have acne 
than all the Black, Hispanic, and Asian women put together. Wow. And that is women with acne. So I, I, I think it's time that we recognize that, that not having even manipulated perfect skin, it's just normal. Like we all have like normal skin and this unattainable ideal of like perfection. We, we, we have to change that. Yes, I agree. And I think that's changing. I mean, I think that, you know, brands like you are really pushing this movement forward and people are realizing that it's not about, you know, how many times can we tell people to be body positive? It's about giving people the tools they need to really feel good about themselves. And that's that, you know, intersection between marketing and real, you know, quality and products. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's where I think the real weed out begins, right? Nita, it's like, you can tell as a consumer, if something is all marketing hype or if it's like really going to work. And I think when, you know, for example, when I, approach your line I'm approaching it as a complete new person right I've never tried it and if I can say that I tried this foundation and it makes me very it makes me confident that it's going to make my skin look better at the end of the day that's all I need as a customer and a consumer to say I'm going to make this impulse buy I'm going to buy it and try it out because you know how many times have you gone to Sephora and just done that right you try out a foundation in your hand and you're like oh this looks amazing let me try it out and it turns out to be your new favorite foundation well that's that's the you know because that's the hook the first time the person really feels it experiences it you can tell the marketing from the real stuff and I think that's where you know lemons is really really unique and I love that it's made for people who have really highly textured skin because like I said again it's it's a struggle with makeup (laughs) and and I think like our net promoter score is above 85 I think that speaks volumes for for the fact that that people who've tried it recommend it so I think I think they also feel heard that that it often when we speak about acne it it goes into a bucket of oh either it's a teenage thing or then it's like oh you have to have cystic acne for it to be acne well let's like let's look at the numbers like i said earlier it's a large 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 audience in the us and and that is acne in all stages from starting from blackheads and whiteheads starting from problematic zits on over your period um and that skin just behaves differently so you need to build products that are accounting for how different it is exactly no exactly and that's the you know that's what i'm that's why I love it so much because exact you know when you put on like moisturizer and the flakiness doesn't go away that impacts your makeup or if you put on serum and you know what I mean like the 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 ridges and the weird stuff you're trying to like smooth over doesn't go away that impacts your makeup so these things are small you know details that have been overlooked in the past so I'm very excited to see that there are brands like you yours that are really moving forward and really embracing this idea of okay people have acne it's an everyday problem for consumers Mm -hmm. you know Instead of trying to say, well, first we need to fix your acne and then you're going to be able oh, to Oh, thank it. you. Yes, exactly. Oh, that exactly. Yeah. So I, I hear you. And I think that's where the real target population is of, of consumers. And most people don't realize they're in that category. That's, the, that's what makes me really, you know, surprised when I look at TikTok and I look at Reels is that people are still trying to find the perfect skincare so that they yeah. can have makeup, you know? And it's like, you don't need to compromise. You don't need to wait. You just need to find the right product for you and figure out what makes you break out, figure out mm-hmm. what makes you better or worse. And if it's, you know, if the, the products in the 
uh, formulations of these makeup products are lining up with that, try it out. You know, yeah. it might be, it might be the best thing you ever did for your skin. And mm -hmm. you know that by I think educating people more about acne and making it more of a subject we openly talk about that we're getting closer to that. So you know, it just I, yeah. Sorry, I I have one customer that um. She reached out to us after she had bought the product. She's been using it now, um, I don't know, nine months. And she said to me that it's made such a huge difference for her, not only that she can go on dates and whatnot, but she felt that her boss is not taking her seriously because she has acne. Oh, wow. Yeah. So imagine that, that your skin affects your sort of credibility. I mean... Mm yeah no we live in a world where you know appearance is everything some, mm -hmm. some and that's unfortunate but hey you yeah. know that's and I hear you you know there are so many people like I said yeah they need a solution and I feel like this is a solution you know this is solution oriented uh branding this is a brand that is going to fix a problem rather than just keep putting more and more you know just wording and marketing around well, what is acne and how do you treat acne? And it's like, that's a never ending question and a never ending quest. We're always going to have a changing answer, you know, yeah. but to have real time solution. And, and, and that's why even the brand name is called When Life Gives You Lemons, because we right. know that it's cyclic. It comes and goes. It has a mind of its own almost. So it's not about like eradicating or nuking your acne. Like you said earlier, it's about accepting that it comes and goes and then rolling with the punches. Exactly. No, I, I, that's really true body positivity. I mean, if we're keeping it honest, that's what it means to be positive about your image. You're, you know, to have body, like positive body image perception is it's okay. My body's going through cycles. It goes through, you know, ups and downs, just like everything else in life. So yeah, when life gives you lemons or when you're <laughs> you acne, you know, use it. So I, I completely agree. And I, and I love your product. I love your brand. Um, I love what you guys are doing and how transparent you are with the data and the information. So, you know, as a consumer, I really appreciate that about your, your entire purpose and how you guys are kind of presenting yourselves, you know, in the industry. Thank so I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. And I, uh, the, the other thing that I feel that sometimes is, is um, sort of left in the shadows. I, I often say that our, like the booster and foundation are like Batman and Robin. So obviously everyone loves to talk about the foundation because it's sort of the hero, but Batman is nothing without the sidekick. So the booster is really, I don't know if you, you were able to try it, but it's very, it's very potent and it, it has some really good clinicals on it to, and, and the, the algae is quite miraculous. So it strengthens your skin barrier, uh, reduces oil without like drying it and, you know, eradicating and nuking your skin. Um, and it, it takes the niacinamide from the foundation to deeper layers. So the interlock as well. And yeah. um, that's, that's been really important to me that all of the products that we release work together. Well, that's a, okay. That's a really interesting concept, Nina, because I'm glad you brought that up. I had a conversation with, I think it was Paul who founded Matter of Fact Skincare. Mm -hmm. And Paul was explaining this idea of like product, like ingredient synergy. And yeah. he was, because when he formulated his products, he's focused on vitamin C and he was explaining how 
the moisturizer that he made to go with his vitamin C was working with the actual star product, which was the vitamin C. And I'm mm -hmm. seeing this a lot across the industry where, you know, uh, now brands and entrepreneurs and, you know, formulators are figuring out that, hey, wait a minute, this is like a almost like a lock and key mechanism or almost like the perfect recipe idea where you have active ingredients that are used for skin health, right? But you want yep. to be able to combine them in a way yes. that it's really working. And that's where this really comes in. And, and that's why I started the interview with the formulation because the idea of formulating makeup with skincare in it is a lot more complicated than I think people realize, you yep. know, because that reason, what you just pointed out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and it, it, again, coming coming to from from the consumer's perspective is what does that skin require? Not what am I able to do, but what do I have to do for it to perform and for it to sort of give you the the best plausible option. I mean, we we did a small project because we wanted to challenge some of our customers. We said. We'd like to revamp your entire skincare routine so that you can get the most of our products. And we bought them actually our competitors' products and made an entire skincare routine for them and followed them for a couple of months on on and, and their skin was doing amazing after that. Um, so that really? was yeah, that was a <laughs> project where we wanted to see if, if we can boost the performance. Um, or the synergy in between products. No, that ma it makes sense. And I'm sorry, I was trying, I was almost cutting you off there, but niacinamide has been shown to have such amazing effects for acne itself. And it's really yeah. shocking when I read the literature. It's just, we didn't know how much vitamin B is involved in like mm -hmm. skin health. Now the industry is really recognizing that. So I love that you've used such simple yet important ingredients. You know what I mean? When it comes to skin health, like I think sometimes people go above and beyond and that's a wonderful thing if you're just doing skincare, but when it comes to makeup, it's important to keep the foundation straight, right? Like in terms yeah. of what, so I want to know a little bit about that. If you could touch on that is when you were doing your data and the, um, mm -hmm. the around this what were the top ingredients i know you mentioned salicylic acid and then obviously we have niacinamide in the formulation but what were some of the big hallmark ingredients that you saw consumers were using that have acne um so we saw uh, like uh over 30 percent were using witch hazel in a format of another um and obviously that was probably the culprit for for the overstripping of the barrier that was really really big um and like I mentioned, salicylic acid, then hyaluronic acid, very well tolerated. And it, there isn't really anyone who would not benefit from hyaluronic acid. And I think specifically for oily skin, it's great because it leaves sort of a matte uh, finish. The, the interesting thing was that, that these sort of new ingredients that are more coined in the clean space weren't really used and didn't really have like no results nor volume. And I think that spoke to us again about playing in the safe staples and, and seeing what ingredients that have really have clinical performance could be introduced, like the algae. I love, yeah, that's see, that's what I really like is that you went off the data because lately I've been hearing about witch hazel as well, about how bad it is. And I know it was huge for a while. So that's really interesting to see how, you know, some trends stick and some don't with consumers. Anyway, yes, yeah, that's a side thought for me, but that's very interesting. 
<laughs> but yeah, I think which, which which Hazel also is it's 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 always difficult to just judge something by one ingredient it goes back to the synergy that we were talking about earlier that there might be an ingredient that has let's say for example an exfoliating effect but if if the if the balance is there with the other ingredients and the other products then that is not an issue but when we start seeing that you have benzoyl peroxide witch hazel you have salicylic acid you have lactic you have all of these layered upon each other and like then you need then then you expect that to give you perfect skin that's what what really <laughs> i think is problematic absolutely well nia this has been really great and i really am such a fan of the brand um you know for everyone Thank listening you. for a new foundation i know um you know winter skin is now leaving the scene and spring you know spring looks are coming in so if you're looking for a new foundation and you want a you know a revamp of your makeup routine definitely check out the brand I'm going to be tagging everything in the concept art for this episode, but this has been so lovely, Nita. Thank you so much for coming on the show and just sharing all your wisdom with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for being called Skincare Anarchy. That really puts a smile on my face. I love that. Yes. No, I think our goal is to provide some structure in this anarchy of, you know, (laughs) skincare market. But yeah, no, it's been an honor. And everyone listening, I hope you guys will take a minute to go on to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and give us a rating, give us a five-star review we really need it and it helps us so much and definitely leave us your thoughts um leave us some comments and questions for nita's team and we'll definitely pass them along to her and stay tuned for more episodes coming up thank you thank you